Welcome to the podcast of Vineyard Church Cardiff. We are a multi-site church longing for God's kingdom to come in order to restore the city and renew the nation of Wales. During the coronavirus outbreak, we are not meeting on a Sunday, but you can stay connected with us on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vineyard Church Cardiff. Each Sunday, we will be streaming a full-length service and providing resources for the kids. And across the week, we're putting up loads of content. You can find out more on our social media or at cardiffvineyard.org forward slash online church. Hi, everyone. Well, the first thing to say is obviously Happy New Year. Uh, Welcome to 2021. I really hope that you and your loved ones uh, over the Christmas break, that you've been safe and well and, and able to celebrate New Year as well. Uh, in my lifetime, I can't remember a time where probably collectively as a whole society, we are so glad to say goodbye to uh, the year before. I think we can all happily wave goodbye to 2020 um, and we're looking forward to 2021. Let's hope that it's going to be a slightly better year than last year. But obviously we know that just because we've got new calendars and diaries to write in, there are no guarantees. But I think we're all hoping that this year will be a slightly brighter year. And obviously it's a natural time, isn't it, where we like to reflect and to review and we look back, but also to look ahead. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this uh, today. But before I do that, let me just share a story with you uh, that uh, actually is one that is about me. I'd totally forgotten about it, uh, something that happened to me when I was a teenager. And, but then randomly, two, about two weeks ago, I, I dreamt about it really, really vividly. Uh, like I said, I'd totally forgotten about it. And I think it was maybe just God bringing it back to the, to the front of my mind. Uh, just, I think it was just really apt for this talk. So when I was in year 10, uh, as a teenager, I played a lot of basketball. You might have heard me talk about that before. Uh, I did play a lot of basketball and I was part of the, the school team. And we challenged, me and my teammates, we challenged the teachers in the school to a game. Uh, we were pretty decent. We beat a lot of the local schools. So we were very confident that we were going to beat the teachers. We really did it just to try and, if I'm honest, I think just try and embarrass them and put them in their place. And we were delighted that they were up for the game. Uh, and in our minds, there was no way that we were not going to win this game. Uh, we saw them as like ancient, out of shape, podgy teachers, and they didn't have a chance. I remember we debated beforehand whether they'd be able to store any baskets. And if they did, which teacher would be lucky, you know, which one teacher would be lucky enough to get one basket? But there was, there was a wild card in this. At the start of the academic year, uh, a new teacher had joined the maths department. His name was Mr. Fairhead. And Mr. Fairhead it was, it was definitely not a great athlete, but he was six foot ten tall. He was a very, very tall man. And not surprisingly, the PE department, uh, the PE t- department were the ones kind of sorting out the, uh, the uh, teacher's team. They recruited him. Uh, and we were like, oh, OK, fair enough. He's a big guy. But we weren't unduly worried. We were still very confident that we were going to win this game with Mr. Fairhead or not on their team. And so game day arrived and it was it was total carnage. It was very chaotic. It was only meant to be year 10s allowed to come and watch the game. Uh, but not surprisingly, half the school turned up. It was in our, in our PE hall, which was tiny. My school had a very, very small basketball court. Hundreds of people packed in. It was a bit like the Roman Colosseum. It just felt kind of overbearing everyone was kind of on top of each other uh, i remember my friend sean the only way he could watch it is he climbed up the um do you remember the wall bars that used to get in, in store gymnasiums they probably still have them now he probably climbed about 12 feet up and just hung off this uh, wall bar to spectate on the game for 20 minutes or so and the game itself it got very noisy and it got very physical i think the uh, the teachers quite enjoyed the chance to be able to you know, dig an elbow in from time to time 
and it was very poor quality. We were terrible, they were terrible. It ended up being a very low scoring and very evenly matched game. And it actually ended in a draw, much to our disappointment. Uh, the teams could not be separated at the end. And I remember just towards the end of that game, just feeling unbelievably frazzled. All I wanted to do was I just wanted everyone to just stop, to talk. There would be no, there'd be no breaks, there'd be no timeouts, no drinks or anything like that. I hadn't had a chance, to, I just wanted to talk to my teammates to sort things out. Just to think, to pause, to breathe. It was like, what is going on? It was one of the most confusing and kind of disorientating experiences of my life. And I kind of feel like that's, that's kind of how 2020 was for maybe for myself and maybe for you, for lots of us. It was just one of those moments where we were all so confused, weren't we? What is going on? This is just this isn't meant to happen. It's never happened before. I don't know how to feel. I don't know what to think. What do I do? So today, what I want to talk about is clarity. What is it to have clarity in such confusing times? How is it that we can hear from God and really focus on him again to bring clarity in these confusing times? And to do this, I actually want to dive back into the Christmas story. Today is the, the last chance we're going to look at the Christmas story, as we have done for the last few weeks um, in December and now. And I want to look at the story of the Magi. The, uh, the, the wise men who, uh, who came to see Jesus, the baby Jesus, when he was born and bring gifts. So let me just read the story to you now. It's actually in Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 2, one of the accounts of Jesus' life. Uh, and I'll start at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will, shepherd my, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. A well-known story, many of us know it, obviously from childhood. A key part of the kind of Christmas narrative, the, the three wise men, the Magi, who visited with gold, frankincense and myrrh. So what I want to do just briefly for the next few minutes is to draw some themes out of this story that I think will help us as we start this year to try and bring some clarity in these confusing times. Now, last term, as a church, we talked a lot about starting the day. Uh, you know, start the day in the practice in the presence of God. What is it to every day 
spend time with Jesus in his presence and encounter him, to stop, to pause and receive and reflect, really connect with him. Well, this isn't start the day, this is maybe it's just as a one-off, this is start the year. Maybe these are four questions that maybe you want to use as you start the year. I encourage you maybe today or in the next few days this week to, to find some time to maybe chew on these questions, really talk them through with God. You might want to just do one of them, you might want to do a couple of them, you might want to do all four of them, but I'd encourage you to try and start the year with some of these questions. So, question number one. Am I following the right star? Am I following the right star? From verse two, we see in the story of the Magi, this is what they said. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, the crux of this story is a group of men, three, the three wise men, as we know them, but there may have been an entourage, it's a group of men, and possibly women as well, who saw something, they experienced something out of the ordinary, something extraordinary was happening, and they felt compelled to move towards it. They followed the star. Now, 2,000 years ago in the night sky in the Middle East, it would have been quite different to today. There would have been, it would have been much clearer, much less obviously pollution and smog in the air. And the stars and the planets would have been much easier to see. In fact, in those days, there would have been a much stronger connection in day-to-day -day life between what was happening in the night skies and what was actually happening on, on Earth. Now, biblical astrologers have never properly ascertained as to what, you know, was it one star? Maybe it was a comet? No one really knows. We probably never will. But, but what we do know is that something special was happening in the cosmos, whether it was something that was planetary, something that was celestial, or maybe a, a bit of both. Something special was happening, and it pointed towards something new. Magi were wise men, they were probably astronomers, possibly even astrologers as well. So they would have picked up on this, they would have picked up on this special occurrence. And what they chose to do, you know, whether it was one star or whether it was a combination of things in the sky, is that they knew that what was happening in the cosmos was pointing them towards something. They didn't know it was Jesus, but what they did know is that they wanted to point their lives towards it, towards him. And their hearts and their minds and their souls followed. What better way to start this new year, 2021, by asking ourselves the same question? Am I pointed towards Jesus? Am I following him? Do my, does my heart and my mind and my soul belong to him? Over the last few weeks at Christmas, we've been remembering the baby born. That Jesus was God that came to be with us. God, Emmanuel, God with us. A baby born to live the most wonderful life, but yet also born to die upon the cross. For our sins, to defeat death and to set us free for all eternity. As we start this new year, let's, let's turn our attention again to him. We remember Jesus' own words, that he was the way, the truth and the life. It may be that you've said yes to Jesus lots of times before. Or maybe you're watching this and you're still on that journey of exploring the Christian faith. Maybe you've not yet said yes to Jesus. What better time to start as you start a new year? We know that there can be lots of other things that can become like the stars in the night sky that are not Jesus. Sometimes it can be quite subtle. Sometimes it's something that's snuck in that feels a bit like a God to us, but it's not really. Or perhaps it's just that you haven't looked up for a while. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, but you know that actually you've become a bit apathetic or a bit distant. 
What better time to look back and follow the star? What better time to say yes to Jesus again as we start the new year? So that's question number one. Am I following the star? Am I following Jesus? It's the most important question of the whole year. So I asked it right at the start. <clears throat> question number two, theme number two from, from the Magi. What will it take for me to step into new life? In verse one, we read, the Magi came from the east and came to Jerusalem. The story of the Magi is a story of action. They actually did something. They didn't just look and wander. They saw and they went. They actually took decisive action. And what they were doing is they were taking a journey towards new life. The Magi went to find out what God was doing, what he had done. Come and see what God has done. They went and they saw. And in doing so, they stepped towards new life. They experienced that the kingdom of God had arrived in the shape of the Messiah, the birth of our Saviour. New life had come. As we enter this new year, let's take a moment to consider what it might look like for us all to step into all the life that God has for us. In our walk with Jesus, he does not want us to stay where we are. He does not want us to stay as we are. Instead, he is bringing us to life so that we can bring life to others. Sometimes he prompts us, he nudges us. Sometimes it's more of a shove. But there is always that invitation to more life in him. And the new year is a natural moment for this, isn't it? New year is always the time of resolutions. I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to get fitter, I'm going to get thinner, I'm going to, I'm going to read more, I'm going to drink less. Whatever it is. Perhaps right now you know that God is putting something on your heart. Something that you can take action on. I think sometimes it's helpful to categorise this quite simply. What is it to start and what is it to stop? To start and to stop. In the case of the Magi, they started something. They started a journey. They went on an adventure. Maybe that's what lies ahead for you this year. Maybe it's a big thing. Maybe you feel that God is calling you to start something. Big, it could be a new job, a new career choice. Maybe it's a new location. It could be a really big fundamental change. But also maybe it's something a bit bit smaller but no less powerful perhaps it's you know starting exercise how many people last year started doing joe wicks you just hundreds of people thousands of people he seemed to be everywhere didn't he but they really love the kind of the, the the buzz of exercise the well-being from it and it helped a lot of people so maybe it's exercise maybe it's something a small thing maybe it's like i'm actually going to choose to do some more ethical shopping choices maybe you're going to exchange plastic milk bottles for glass ones. Maybe you start using recycled toilet paper, stuff like that. Little things that can actually be surprisingly life-giving. Perhaps it's as we've already talked about. As a church, we've talked a lot about starting the day, a great practice to start the day in the presence of God. Maybe this is the time to start that. So maybe you'll start something or maybe it's time to stop something. Perhaps it's, it's time to lay something down. By laying stuff down, often we can you know, by stopping something, it starts bringing life. Sometimes that's really obvious. Sometimes it's, a, it's an obviously not a good thing. Something that is not just, uh, doesn't just, not, like doesn't bring life, but actually saps you of life, really drains you of life. 
it's probably time to lay that down. But sometimes also it can be something that is, is actually a good thing, but it's become an ultimate thing and it's deceptive. It's started to not bring life even when it should. Perhaps it's time to, to lay that down. Sometimes we can step towards life, towards new life, by stepping away from something. Let me just give a couple of examples from my own life, if I, if I can. Because 2020 was an interesting one for me in, in this sense. Something I stopped was I actually deleted my Facebook account. It's something I've been thinking about doing for a while. Now, I am the generation that when I, Facebook came out, just as I was leaving university and I got an account pretty soon after it started. And it's, so in, in some ways it's been around, it's always been in my life, it feels like it's always been in my life, certainly in my adult life. Uh, at the same time, for quite a long time now, I've just been really conscious that I was just grazing on it. I wasn't interacting with it properly. Just, just essentially using it to distract myself, divert, divert my attention, just pr to procrastinate. And there wasn't really any life in it. I read a great book by John Mark Comer, all about eliminating hurry from my life and, and kind of clutter. And I had a great couple of conversations with a really good friend and also with my brother-in-law who encouraged me that they'd done similar things. So I, I just got rid of it. Uh, and it's funny, as soon as I got rid of it, I haven't missed it once. I haven't missed it. I genuinely haven't missed it once. And I realised that in the last six months since deleting it, that the emotion and time I can pour into my actual friendships with connecting with people, sending messages back and forth, not just strolling through a screen, is really precious. In fact, just, just literally this morning, I've had a phone call from a friend who is going through a really tough time, him and his family going through some big stuff, and we got a chance to chat it all through. I got a chance to pray with him over the phone. That's a friendship I genuinely don't think I would have rekindled if I had spent the last six months just strolling through my Facebook feed rather than actually connecting with my friends. So it's amazing how God can do through things like that, just stopping something, laying something down, God can really bring life both to yourself and to others. So that's something I've stopped and laid down. Something I've started, or something I started last year, was uh, towards the end of lockdown, I started running with a friend. I say run, it's, it's jogging, clearly. Um, and it was all socially distanced, I should add. It was two metres apart. I didn't actually have a choice. He was much faster than me. But anyway, there was a good distance between us. Um, but we started running together. And it was, it was great. Both the exercise, obviously, was really helpful. But actually, it was more than that. It was the talking. It was the, the chance to connect and, and, and kind of just try and do life together. Something I started and something that I'll continue to do in 2021. Maybe these are just examples for me. Maybe there's something in your life that you know that perhaps God's put in your heart to stop. Or maybe it's to start. Maybe it's a bit of both. What's it going to take this year to step towards new life? What actions can you take? Question number three as we start the new year, asked, what can I bring? What can I bring? In verse 11, the most famous bit about the Magi. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. The Magi went in order to give. They came to Jesus to bring him gifts. They blessed him with what they had. As we enter this new year, it's perhaps tempting, isn't it? And I know this for myself. The question can be, God, what does this year have in store for me? Or even, you know, God, what have you got for me this year? But perhaps the question is actually the other way around. It's, Lord, what can I bring this year? Lord, what have you put in me that I can give this year? Or ultimately, perhaps it's, Lord, what is it that you're doing in me that you want to do through me this year? 
I know for myself that this time of year that I often return to the theme of kindness. Kindness and compassion. It's the time of year where you think, what's the kind of person that I want to be? More than that, what is, the kind, what is the kind of person that God is calling me to be? How can I be, how can I show the kindness and the compassion that I see in Jesus? It often starts for me like a New Year's resolution around, well, I want to be a better friend to people. Or I want to be a kinder husband. I want to be a more dedicated father. What is it for you? You may or may not be uh, with a spouse. You may or may not have children in your life. But pretty much all of us have people around us. We have neighbours, we have colleagues, we have housemates. How is it that we can start the year with kindness and compassion? 2020 was a year of contrasting traits, wasn't it, in our society? You know, back in March, we saw punch-ups in supermarkets as people fought over hoarding toilet rolls and, and panic buying. You know, that was one extreme. And then on the other side, we had the solidarity of people coming out and applauding NHS workers together week upon week. And there was a lot that was kind of probably in, in between those two extremes. I think that 2021 could be a fantastic year for us as followers of Jesus to let the kindness and compassion that God has put in us shine a light in our society. So let's ask as we start this new year, God, not what can we get, but what can we give? And finally, a fourth question to, to chew on as we head into the new year. And that is this. Can I surrender my plans? Can I surrender my plans? Not just my plans, my hopes, my fears, my dreams. Can I surrender them again? In verse 12, it, it, it lets us know that the Magi have a change of direction. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. So the Magi's journey back takes an unexpected twist and turn. They've already had a few a few already because they've had they came from where they from their home they got to Jerusalem then they get sent on to to Bethlehem and now they return to the home but on a different way it, the same thing actually happens to Jesus and Mary and Joseph uh, we read a little bit later in, in the gospel they do not return to Nazareth instead they are forced to flee they're warned and they have to flee to Egypt they become refugees they their life their plans just do not go as they thought they would it's so often the case, isn't it? In this story, it's the sinister, dark figure of Herod that changes their plans, both for the Magi and for Mary, Joseph and Jesus. He, Herod, is the COVID-19 of this story. He's this unwanted, malignant presence that's causing all this fear, this disruption. He's laying waste to everyone's plans and hopes. So as we enter 2021, let's take this time to once again commit our future to the one who holds it in his hands. And that isn't Herod. It isn't COVID-19. It's not even our government or the world leaders. The one who holds it in his hands is our father in heaven. No one else. I think one of the many things that 2020 has highlighted is that the only certainty really is that there will be more uncertainty. Change is here to stay. We're living in this time of dynamic and explosive change. I was listening to an interview on the radio 
uh, last week, a fascinating interview with this academic who's just written a book all about the effects, uh, the impact of, of the pandemic this year. And his kind of key point was that change is always happening. It has been for years and years and years. Things are growing whilst other things shrink. But the key uh, kind of impact of the pandemic has been that growth and change has just accelerated. He used loads of examples. I won't go into all of them now. But one he used was about um, digital online retail. He talked about how the growth in Amazon just this year, in, oh, sorry, last year in 2020, uh, just the growth, the, the value added to the, to the, uh, the business, just, just what's added, the, the total of that was worth the value of the whole of retail across, across Europe, just staggering numbers. And he was saying that as a general rule last year, things that had been growing by 1% for the last 10, 20 years, last year grew by 10% in just nine or 10 months because of the pandemic. We live in this time. It's, it's just dizzying, isn't it? It's disorientating, this time of explosive change. Our only choice within that is to surrender our plans and fix our eyes on Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Therefore, we fix our eyes upon him. What 2020 shows us that more now than ever, that is the choice that, that lies ahead for us, to fix our eyes on him. Does we fix our eyes on anything else, it will only be more and more dizzying to look at. Now, I'm no, I'm no sailor. I'm certainly, I've no, no, no experience of sailing the seas. In fact, my only real knowledge of this comes from watching Moana, uh, the Disney film, if you enjoyed that reference. You're welcome. Uh, but it's a film that me and, me and our family like watching. And in that film, I've learned that in the old days, uh, people who used to navigate the seas, obviously they didn't have any technology uh, like they do nowadays to do it. But what they did have was they had the stars. That's how they navigated the seas. And no matter how choppy the waters or how powerful the winds, it was the stars in the sky that kept them on course. The stars that remained in place to guide them. We don't know yet how choppy or not 2021 will be. We hope, obviously, it's going to be a much calmer, more peaceful year. But we just don't know. But what we do know is that God is faithful, that Jesus remains the same yesterday, today and forever. It is he who will help us stay the course. So let's, as we start this year, take a moment to again surrender our plans, to fix our eyes on him and help let him help let him uh, help us stay the course so that's four questions to start the year for you to chew on as we head into 2021 number one am i following the right star number two what will it take for me to step into new life what is it perhaps you need to stop or start this year what is it that god's putting on your heart to take action on this year question number three what can i bring what is it in the kindness and compassion of jesus that you want to step into this year and to bless people around you. And lastly, can I surrender my plans? Can we surrender our plans? Can we once again trust him with everything and fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith? I hope these are helpful. And like I say, maybe uh, have a look at them. Uh, maybe you talk them through with a friend as well over the next week or so. And once again, let me wish you a happy new year.